Hello, hello, welcome back. So, I don't know about where you live, but where I live, the temperatures have dropped and we have officially entered the fall season. So you know what that means, dry skin, itchy skin. Just a quick reminder, this is not medical advice, this is only made for you for your entertainment and informational value. So it's fall, it's cold, we turn on our heaters, we take hotter showers, and our skin gets super dry as a result of the combination of these things. And I forgot to mention, there's also a significant drop in humidity outside, um, unless you live somewhere where it's never humid, like Arizona, where I'm from, but we live in Cincinnati, where we have humid summers and dry winters. And that brings us to the topic of today's discussion. We're going to talk about itchy skin and some natural and alternative methods you can use and implement in your life to mitigate the sensation of feeling itchy. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. As always, we will be citing the medical literature, so check out the show notes for the exact citation if you'd like to read this paper by yourself. This is a paper that was published in the Journal of Cosmetic Dermatology. It was published in 2022, and it's entitled Complementary and Integrative Remedies in the Treatment of Chronic Itch or Chronic Paritis, a Review of Clinical Trials. So all the data from this analysis is based on actual clinical trials. It's not based on animal studies. It's not based on cell culture studies. This is real science based on real people that were involved in the clinical trials. So here's some background. Paritis or itch is defined as an unpleasant irritation of the skin that provokes the urge to scratch. It's one of the most common experiences that humans have, the sensation of itch, and it's an important clue for possible underlying systemic disorders like AIDS, cancer, chronic kidney disease, cholestasis, which is like stagnation of bile, which can be from bile stones in your gallbladder. Itch can also be a presentation of certain blood disorders, including blood cancers like myeloma and lymphoma. Itch affects all people, all ethnicities, all age groups, all stages of life. Specifically in the elderly population or middle-aged population, dry skin is one of the most common causes of itch. And that's a plug for our moisturizer, MD Crafted. You can find it on mdcrafted.co or on Amazon. Just type in MD Crafted, one word. But not all itch is related to dry skin, even though in this population it is. Here's some really inf interesting information. So itch and pain are transmitted by unmyelinated C nerve fibers. That's the type of nerve fiber that transmits the sensation of either itch or pain. And I thought this was pretty fascinating that itch is such a debilitating symptom that people experience that's, that unfortunately suicide rates from disabling itch, they're, they're really high. And in fact, a lot of people that are elderly that experience uncontrolled itching, they constitute the majority of those suicide cases because they'd rather die than continue to feel the sensation of itch. That's how strong and severe the sensation of itch can be. So takeaway message from that is itch and pain are transmitted by the same nerve types in your skin and your deeper tissues. Itch can be categorized according to the duration, and acute itch is defined as less than six weeks, of, six weeks of the experience of itch, whereas chronic itch is itching lasting for more than six weeks. 
There are a bunch of other ways to um, categorize itch, including itch related to inflamed and diseased skin, itch experienced with healthy appearing skin without inflammation, and then itch with no apparent rash, but the appearance of secondary features of scratching, like scratch marks and lesions called perigo nodules or perigo simplex, which is basically like you scratch your skin so much, your skin starts to grow in response to all the, the irritation it's experiencing, and so you get these little bumps on your skin. Uh, as briefly mentioned, there are a lot of underlying internal conditions that can predispose you to feeling itchy, and that can include kidney disease, liver disease, thyroid disease, cancer, certain infections, rheumatologic diseases like lupus and RA, and also medication interactions and medication reactions can also be responsible for feeling itch. Obviously, rashes can make you feel itchy, so eczema is a rash that commonly features itch. In fact, it's called the itch that rashes, according to some derm textbooks, meaning you feel itchy first and then the rash subsequently appears. People with psoriasis can experience itch. Obviously, things like bug bites, drug allergies, those are all itchy conditions. There are also underlying neurologic conditions that can cause itch, things like nerve impingement and post-herpetic neuralgia can feel itchy. That's like if you had a bout of zoster or shingles, you subsequently may feel itchy because the nerve that the virus traveled down to blow up in your skin, it is damaged and leads to the unabated sensation of feeling itchy. Now, it's logical then to assume that because there's like a million types of different causes for itching that the treatment for itch is not a one-size-fits-all treatment there are a ton of medications that have been developed and used to treat itch over many many years and decades of science and scientific studies one of my favorite drugs that i prescribe for itch at least as of lately has been a medicine called dupixent this is an injection medicine that kind of blocks inflammatory cytokines that um, cause us to experience the sensation of itch. Um, I also like a drug called methotrexate. Gabapentin has a place for treating neurological itch or neuropathic itch. And obviously we use a lot of topical steroids which have anti-inflammatory properties and can control things like neurogenic itch and itch related to inflamed skin. But come on, Drew, this is the natural dermatologist podcast let's talk about some natural stuff and that absolutely brings us to the study that we're reviewing the investigators behind this study conducted a literature review looking at papers published between 2000 and 2020 and they basically found 17 clinical trials that met their inclusion criteria 11 articles were related to the efficacy of herbal remedies and six evaluated the efficacy of manual therapies in the treatment of chronic itch. Let's look at the first treatment. The first treatment that they evaluated was uh, a spice or an herb you're all familiar, familiar with. Hopefully you all are familiar with it. It's called turmeric. It is a spice commonly used in Indian dishes, but tons of other cultures use it. The active polyphenol found in turmeric is called curcumin, and that's what imparts the yellow color and the orange color that you see when you spice your foods with turmeric. When taken 800 milligrams three times per day, turmeric was able to reduce the sensation of kidney problem-related itch when compared to a placebo, which is essentially an inert sugar pill. 
Interestingly, these, the study behind that observation also found that the people that took turmeric supplements had lower levels of high sensitivity uh, CRP, which is actually a marker for like heart attack. So that's really interesting. Perhaps it's because it's a potent anti-inflammatory and that's why they saw a reduction in these levels. So if you suffer from itch, you might want to try turmeric supplementation. I'd probably start with a small dose to begin with and then titrate upwards up to 800 milligrams three times per day. Next on the list, uh, a compound called Fumaria parvoliflora. Patients from this study took uh, a supplement that contained 500 milligrams of the agent three times per day. And after eight weeks, they outperformed people that took a placebo, again, a sugar pill, with respect to measuring their itch on a visual analog score. Honestly, that one might be a little harder to find than turmeric. I tried to Google it and it didn't show me exactly what I was looking for. So unless you live in a country where that's readily accessible, you might not want to try that one. Okay, Avena sativa. Do you know what that is? That is oatmeal. A study in Iran looking at a total of 75 people found that itch related to mustard gas exposure was relieved when an oatmeal, colloidal oatmeal preparation that contained 5% of vena sativa was applied to the skin in an outperformed placebo in this patient group. I mean, we've long known about the therapeutic effects of oatmeal, and that's why so many brands, skin brands, use oatmeal or colloidal oatmeal in their product formulas, and it's just great for itching. It can be ingested, but the best effect is used is seen, excuse me, when used topically on your skin. Notably, in the clinical trial that's cited from this paper, a vena sativa or oatmeal 5% ointment outperformed eucerin, the over-the-counter moisturizer, but it did not perform as well as betamethasone, which is a prescription steroid. No surprise there. Moving on, capsaicin. Capsaicin is an interesting substance. It's the active ingredient found in hot peppers. And it's been known to be very effective for treating neuropathic itch, like what you may experience if you have had zoster or shingles. Well, this study showed that not only is capsaicin effective for neuropathic itch, but it's also helpful for kidney disease-related itch. A group of 34 adults were randomized to receive either capsaicin ointment containing a 0.03% concentration versus a placebo, and the people that used capsaicin had... Uh, significantly improved itch scores compared to people that use just uh, a vehicle, which is like petroleum. The people that use capsaicin did experience some burning and stinging on their skin, but it tended to subside after a few days of use. Um, I do counsel my patients that I give capsaicin to that they may experience burning sensations for the first few days of using it. Um, think of it as it's it's actually causing your neurotransmitters to be depleted. So you have to experience some initial discomfort in order for it to work. As it depletes the neurotransmitters, the stinging burning sensation subsides and ultimately it confuses the nerve. It runs out of the neurotransmitters so it can no longer transmit the sensation of itch. That's kind of the uh, mechanism by which it works. Sweet almond oil is next on our list. So sweet almond oil is Prunus amygdalus dulcis. That's the taxonomic name. And it's found actually in a lot of skincare brands, including a competitor, an inferior competitor. No, they're, they're great. Um, Cetaphil actually uses sweet almond oil. 
and sweet almond oil, according to one study, was able to attenuate or relieve the sensation of itch in patients suffering from chronic kidney disease when compared to a placebo. Just a side story here, I almost formulated our moisturizer with sweet almond oil because it's actually really elegant and pleasant on your skin. In fact, when we are revenue positive and no longer in a hole with our revenue, we are going to develop a second moisturizer, probably a little thicker, um, depending on the feedback we receive from our first. And we're gonna eliminate the coconut oil and go with this almond oil because it's really nice. Um, but I know some of you really do love the moisturizer and so we will continue to make our coconut-based formulation as well. Um, stay tuned for that. Next up, peppermint oil. We've talked about peppermint oil in the past. Well, peppermint oil has been shown to relieve itch in people that are pregnant. It also can relieve itch in people that have liver disease, kidney disease, and diabetes. It can also help with itch related to scars. Concentrations vary between studies, but you want to use at least a 0.5% peppermint oil up to 5% total concentration. And again, this is an essential oil. This is what we've talked about in our last podcast, but peppermint oil is an essential oil. So you need to dilute it in a quote carrier oil. So like think of something like olive oil or canola oil. You can mix it in. You have to get the concentrations right. So so if you're going for like a 5%, which is on the higher end of concentrations, you'd have to mix like one part to 20 parts, one part peppermint oil to 20 part 20 parts carrier oil to get a 5% concentration of peppermint oil, which you, you can directly apply to your skin for some itch relief. In general, it's super well tolerated and it gives you this nice like cooling effect on your skin that a lot of people find pleasant. And last on our list, I'm gonna cut this study short because we're, we've got, we're almost at 15 minutes here. Um, clove oil is something you can also buy over the counter. And one study showed that 10% concentrations of clove oil mixed with a carrier oil, obviously, can actually outperform petroleum when it comes to managing itch related to kidney and liver disease and also diabetes. So that's one I've never shared with you, clove oil. Might wanna try that out if you have access to it and you wanna try something new and these other therapies we've discussed are not working for you. This study goes on to talk about aromatherapy and acupressure, acupuncture, but again, for brevity's sake, we won't go there, but just suffice it to say that some forms of aromatherapy, acupuncture, can help relieve itch. So we've covered a lot. I've given you several actionable steps you can take to relieve yourself of itch. I would again just plug in the fact that dry skin is one of the most common reasons we get itchy, particularly in the fall and winter months. So use a moisturizer, and I know of an awesome brand called MD Crafted. So love you guys. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned for the next episode. Send us a DM on Instagram. Send us an email. Let us know what other topics you'd like for us to cover. Talk to you soon.